This is totally not planned. <laughs> so we're just going to have a That's coffee good. chat without coffee. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we didn't talk in the beginning. Let's just start. So we're starting now. Yeah, let's go. We're good. Yeah. Episode sure. 30. Welcome, KT Confidential. And today we have Matt Pichet, also known as the Fruitful Investor on YouTube, uh, joining us. Matt, uh, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me here. Um, we always like to start just by having our guests give us their background. So mm-hmm. what's your story? Where'd you come from? How'd you end up where you are? Yes, yeah, so I guess a uh, quick story about myself. I started off in carpentry. So right after high school, I did my apprenticeship in uh, building houses in carpentry. I kind of knew that academia wasn't for me. Going to college or university was kind of out of the question. Wasn't really what I was good at. So I got into construction and was obsessed with flipping houses, which is the reason actually why I got into that. I wanted to be a house flipper. So I got into construction and uh, just realized that I couldn't do it forever. So my dad was a carpenter. His dad was a carpenter. I saw everybody else around me just kind of working the typical nine to five and kind of realized there's no way I could do this forever, this backbreaking labor. Mm-hmm. So I quickly started my own business right after my apprenticeship, which is about four or five years, uh, specializing only with real estate investors. So I renovated properties for investors in Kitchener Waterloo strictly. And the more I met with them, the more they said, Matt, I wish you were a realtor. All my realtors don't know anything about real estate investing. You already do. You know, I wish you could just be my realtor. So I kind of put two and two together, realized, you know, hey, I can't do this carpentry thing forever. I might as well kind of fill the need and be the Kitchener-Waterloo kind of real estate investing expert. So that's exactly what I did. And then things kind of started snowballing and uh, I started buying my own properties. So I bought my first property at age 22 kind of right when I started my construction business. That's young. Very, very young. Uh, so I got right into it and then bought my second property right after that, which was our primary residence at the time. And that was it. I was tapped out, had no more money, no more credit. So I just kind of did that for a bit. And then the more I built up my real estate agent business through social media and YouTube and Instagram, I started getting uh, partners and people just saying, why don't I want, why, why don't I just partner with you? You know, you already know what you're doing. You have the whole system down. And I kind of realized like, hey, this, partnership thing and the social media thing is really interesting, very new. I kind of doubled down on it and I built my entire business, both of them, my, my agent business and my investing business, all from social media. Nice. So all my partners, all my money partners came from YouTube specifically and kind of the rest is history. I'm just kind of snowballing and I no, no longer do construction anymore. I stopped that many years ago and now I'm just a full-time investor and full-time realtor. Now he just wears the blue shirt. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So uh, one thing, I, I, I can't remember where I read it, but um, I guess coming from your background in, in construction, yeah. um, I think for people that are looking to invest in real estate, especially people that are flipping real estate, having good trades can yes. make or break it for them, right? Yeah. Like a lot of people get taken advantage of or for just... Sure you know, things don't go as planned. Um, there was something uh, I'd read um, regarding that, and maybe it was back when you were doing the construction stuff and yeah. finding ways to do it on the cheap or finding more affordable ways to do it. Like, what, sure. would you, what would you recommend for somebody? How do you find a good tradesperson, yeah. good, reliable people? So that is the number one hardest thing with real estate investing, literally. The contractors are the number one aspect of your business that's going to make or break, like you said, or screw you. Yeah. It's not your realtor, it's not your mortgage broker, it's not your lawyer, it's gonna be your contractor. So finding a good one is very important and it just comes with practice. Thankfully for me, I was a carpenter, I was in the industry, I kinda knew what to look for in people when they when I met them, but I got taken advantage of a couple of times. But it really just comes down to trial and error and practice and more importantly to kind of avoid all that is uh, networking with other real estate investors in your target area and getting their contractors. So once you find a good one, which can take a while, but once you do find a good one, my advice is to keep them busy. 
So yeah. I have a crew that pretty much almost works for me exclusively all year round. I keep them busy with all of our projects, which we're buying like one or two properties a month at this point, all my clients' projects. So I keep them busy all year. So they pretty much work for me and I just kind of grab them and hold them. Yeah. So it took a long time to find them and now I just keep them busy. Well, that goes back to you are always talking about um, specializing uh, yeah. specifically like geographically. So yeah. that works well with that because you've got the same trades working in that same area. Exactly, yeah. Uh, people start to spread themselves thin if they have to go yes. search for people in areas they don't know. For sure. So that's a big one. So let's get right into a couple of meat and potato questions yeah. for you specifically. <laughs> um, Kitchener Waterloo area is, is booming. Yeah. A lot of people looking to invest there with all the growth and, and mm-hmm. still quite affordable. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and a lot of options to purchase and, and either flip or hold for a short period of time or or whatever and, and, and profit yeah. that way. A little bit more difficult in an area like Milton where mm-hmm. where you're paying almost $800,000 now for an average home. Yeah. Um, but in, in your day-to-day activities you're you're searching and you have the benefit of being able to see all the listings yeah. <laughs> and you've got it from a to z if you're out today matt looking at properties to purchase for yourself to flip yeah what are you looking for so to flip specifically it's almost impossible to flip in kitchener off mls so almost like gta here in milton pretty much the same thing I would assume. So finding flips on the market is almost impossible. You'll never make it work. The numbers are too high to to purchase. So you have to find flip deals off market. So you need to find motivated sellers and get to them before the realtors, us and me included, (laughs) get to them. And that comes down to to marketing. So I do a lot of marketing for like Facebook ads and Google ads and specifically flyers. to buy those deals before they hit the market. And that's kind of the secret because with flips, obviously you want to buy low, sell high. That's kind of the, the term for that. Whereas with buy and hold, you know, if you have a long-term strategy, you can still pay market value today. Just buy a good property, wait five, 10 years. You're going to be a winner on every single one almost in Kitchener, Waterloo, GTA, Milton for sure. So there's a different strategy for flipping and buy and holds. I agree. I think that, um, as the portfolio grows as well, that you do have to have a little bit of balance, a little bit of mix, yeah. um, maybe, um, you know, offset, um, some smaller, uh, gains with yeah. some other larger gains. Sure. Yeah. What's your favorite type of investment? Would it be flipping, yeah. single family, multi-residential? So single family, long-term investing is my bread and butter. That's what yeah. I built my whole business, my whole net worth on, I guess. Um, I love those because they're easy, they're boring, it attracts the highest quality tenant in real estate. So it's just nice to build that wealth in the background. So I've kind of built that stage of my business now. Now, at this current time, my primary strategy is flipping. So. What I teach my partners and clients and people watching me is to build the wealth aspect of your business first. So buy all your buy and holds, focus on that. Once you have kind of that wealth system there, then turn to getting rich, which is flipping, ha- active income, right? Mm-hmm. So there's that's a strategy I kind of promote is to play chess, play the long game. play. So get all the wealth now, and then once you have a good base, then switch to flipping. Whereas a lot of people want to do flipping right away on their first deal. It's sexy. They see it on, on HGTV. That's everybody talks about yeah, it. Yeah. It's honestly probably the wrong strategy for most people is to start off with flipping. It's a very advanced uh, and veteran strategy, I would say. I related to going to a casino because everybody thinks they're walking yes. into the casino and going to win, right? Yeah, for sure. But um, it's actually quite timely that we're having Matt on the podcast because uh, we just purchased a property this week and um, 
we have no idea what we're going to do with it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting one. It was undervalued. Okay. On MLS. MLS. Significantly, it was on Sweet. MLS. Um, and I don't know. It's tough. It's one of those that, because we are so in tune with the local market, yeah. um, that we know it's undervalued. Yeah. But for that listing agent and probably for many other realtors selling into our trade area, yeah. they had they would have no idea unless they were in the grind exactly. for that kind of property for a while. So so we probably bought it for somewhere between eight and nine percent below market value. Nice. Yeah. Uh, but we have no idea what we're gonna <laughs> do with it, whether we're gonna flip it or 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 hold it and yeah. and um, see where it goes from there. But um could have options. Yeah. From a rental standpoint, what have you mm. found? Have you had any struggles or do you have any suggestions for people that are renting out properties, but they do want to sell them, but maybe the properties need some work or they could use some freshening up to, yeah. you know, kind of capitalize on the market and get as much money as possible? So you're saying like, what's the best strategy to, a, to get a quality tenant, you're kind of saying? No, or? To get, like to, like, let's say... Well, for example, this house that yeah. we've just got, and we decide to rent it out. Yeah. Now, this particular home, um, it was a, a nice one, in our opinion, because it needs some cosmetic updates. It yeah. doesn't need them, but they would make a significant difference. So sure. paint and floors. Yeah. Uh, so we could rent it out for a year, and uh, maybe the market's better at that time we want to sell it. Yeah. You can't kick the tenant out. Yes. <laughs> technically. Yeah. Prop- legally to do that. Um, so what are your suggestions with that? Like, are there ways to motivate people to leave or what? Are you, yeah. yeah. So the best way to get someone to leave is to pay them to money. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've had yet a tenant say no to like five, six, that's $7,000 to yeah. leave. So there's always a way. Yeah. Mostly. So there you go. Assuming it's in the budget. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, plan for that. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, well, if you're sitting on the property for a few years, it probably is. Yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll make it up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think most people, if 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 you've done your due diligence and have the proper tenant in there, and you come to them and you say, "Hey, this is where we're at right now, but I want to help you. Here's your first and last month deposit on on your yeah. new place." You yeah, know, most people will say, "Well." Um, I don't want to leave, but with yeah. that kind of incentive. For sure. And then if they say, no, thanks, I like it here. You have to go to some other then you go higher. measures that we can't yeah. talk about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's where that really big plumber that you know yeah. comes in handy. Yeah. yeah Toilets sure. leaking. Yeah. Any Airbnb stuff? I don't do any personally Airbnbs. Uh, I know a lot of my clients, a lot of friends who do that. Uh, it's just it's a different type of business. So yeah. for me, I like the passive, boring. You know my lifestyle. I love to travel and have a boring business. Yeah, we're I gonna get you. into your Bali trip. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I've been wanting to talk about that. Fucking bastard, <laughs> <laughs> coming in here all tan yeah. right off of a long trip like that. Yeah. So that's kind of what I focus on. Your wife is involved uh, with your business. She's starting as well? to get more involved. Yeah. So she is she a licensed all... realtor? No, no. So that's something we're thinking about. Keep kind it that of. Way. Come on. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> much easier. So she does. She finds all the deals for us. All the properties for my clients, my partners. She's the one who does all that. I'm kind of the one out there attracting the money, putting deals together, selling deals to clients. That's kind of what my focus is now. Nice. Yeah. Let's talk about your trip. Yeah, it was incredible. Nice and hot. Good. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite cheap to once you. Oh my god! It? It's. Like, Insane yeah. amount of value you get. Like each year, uh, the houses we're staying in are about 150 bucks a night Canadian. But if that were here, it would have been easily 800,000 a night. Like it's insane how far your money goes there. Wow. And food was incredibly cheap. You know, we could get a whole meal each for $7 Canadian. And it was like a huge meal that would cost 30 bucks here. Crazy. 
Surfing? Yes, tons of surfing. I'd love to do that. <laughs> That'd be fun. Favorite part of the trip? The surfing, for sure. Yeah. Beach. That's all. That's what I'm all about. Relaxing, beach, I saw one surfing. of your posts. You uh, got a little scraped up on some coral, maybe? Yeah, that was my friend. <laughs> oh, your friend. <laughs> yeah, he got scraped up coming Ouch. out. Yeah. yeah, it looked pretty bad. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah, I had that happen once. I, was, I wasn't surfing. I was well, surfing in a kayak, if that counts, yeah. on, uh, on a vacation. Coral's not fun. No. That's, no, uh, it hurts. Not at all. So... You've never been there before? No, that was the first time in Bali, yeah. So I've seen that you've been to Hawaii and Cuba and Mexico. Yeah. Uh, was that your favorite uh, trip? Uh, Bali was for sure my favorite in terms of landscape and nature and and value for what you get. I, necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily want to live there. Mm-hmm. So my favorite trip all around, I guess, would be Costa Rica. That's somewhere I would live tomorrow. That's where we're, Costa that's where we're planning on living. It's right up there with the number one pick to retire soon. <laughs> so Costa Rica is for sure my favorite for the, like, the well-rounded. Super safe, has everything that like the Western countries like us have. Uh, it's hot. It's nice. Great place cheap. for Canadian realtors, too. Uh, yeah. yeah, my brother's in-laws. Uh, they're realtors up in Muskoka. Okay. In Huntsville. In the summer. In the summer. And then they're, <laughs> nice. uh, they're working in Costa Rica. That's amazing. In the cooler months. But yeah, my brother and sister-in-law go to Costa Rica usually for two to three months every year. Yeah. And they rent a place. I don't know how much they pay, but it's it's next to nothing compared yeah, to here. For so sure. they rent a place for, you know, monthly and yeah. uh, they love it there. That's amazing. And, um, you know, I think one thing people are often concerned about is medical stuff. And, yes. Uh, they had... I remember, I think it was uh, my sister-in-law, she had to get some dental Dental. work done. So if I'm not mistaken, the dentist flew in for her specifically (laughs) to perform some surgery or whatever. And and then flew out, and it was next to nothing. Yeah, it's so cheap. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. They actually have um, great medical attention there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a lot of Canadians there. There's There's a a lot lot of Canadians there. Um, so there is money now uh, floating around to to keep amenities and services yeah. and, and all of that. I love sure. Costa Rica. I was there a few years ago. Um, I think if somebody wants to invest outside of Canada, that that's a number one area. It's pretty up there, yeah. Great. Well, that leads into yeah. one of the questions that came in yesterday about investing outside of mm-hmm. North America. Yeah. And uh, Well, they brought up Turks. If Turks and Caicos ever becomes a province of Canada. Then. Yeah. Just don't yes. invest in Panama. Yeah. <laughs> I have a bad story about that. Oh, no. I got fucked over. Damn. But uh, anywhere else is probably good. <laughs> so it's yeah. uh, especially, the, I think most of that, those probably short-term rentals. Yes. So you, that's the problem where if you're not there, you need the connections yeah. to service everything. Yeah. So. But that's the problem anywhere. For yeah. sure. Like even locally, but like my condo in Florida, um, it, it it was impossible to to just manage it being so far away, yeah. even though it's a three hour flight and or a phone call or an email. But yeah. uh, and and different countries obviously are operating differently, so it, you just have to be so in tune and have somebody available to be there if something goes wrong. Yeah. I think um, I don't know if so. If you were reinvesting in real estate. In another country, mm-hmm. where would you invest? I couldn't say. You? 
I personally only invest in Kitchener Waterloo in, Can- in Canada. So that's for he me. He's true to his specialty. Yeah, very specialized. I've almost invested in Costa Rica, like, very close. And then I just kind of said, you know what? I'm just getting too emotional. And, you know, it sounds sexy. It sounds cool. Yeah. I'm not the Airbnb guy, you know, the uh, super active business income. I like the passive. So I just stuck to my guns and stay here for me. But yeah. it, make, it may make sense for a ton of other people. I know a bunch of investors and friends who do it, making really good money, way more money than long-term buy and hold. But more headaches, more management, more phone calls, more emails. I like it. Uh, I don't want to know the tenants. I just know every first of the month, all the rents get deposited every single time on my properties. Cool. That's yep. what I like. Better to make a lot of money here and then just spend it vacationing. Yeah. <laughs> well, now you've, you've mentioned that two people need to figure out what sort of lifestyle they want. Yes. Because for sure. uh, depending on what they invest in, they could be setting themselves up for yes. something they just do not enjoy 100%. at all. Um, That's something a lot of people ignore. They just yeah. watch the TV shows, like I said, they get wrapped up in money, money, cash flow, cash flow. Cash flow is king. We hear that all the time. No, it's not. It depends on what you want, right? Like my property is only cash flow $100, $150 a month max on my single families. Everybody's like, you're an idiot. Why are you buying those? They make no money. Well, five years, seven years later, I look like a genius, don't I? They all appreciate it. They're all going to pay down every single month. It's yeah. great. That's what I well, like. Well, we had this exact conversation a couple of days ago about the property we just bought. Um you don't have to make money every month. Yeah. In fact, my uh, the condo that I had here in town was losing money every month. Um, and when I sold it, 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 it turned into a, a magnificent deal. Mm-hmm. Um, people aren't taking into account. Yes, you'll have um, your, your principal and interest payments in a mortgage, but that principal mm-hmm. is getting yeah. paid down. Um, and the rate of appreciation. So if you if you have that strategy, you're going to hold yeah. it for five, seven, ten years. For sure, yeah. Some um, people will argue that uh, it's a good idea because you're you're gambling that homes will continue to and appreciate, hoping, yeah. and you're hoping. Uh, and we've seen in the past that things did change at one point in uh, uh, 2017, where it went crazy. And yes, then, uh, some people were got screwed over. And now they're stuck in their houses for a while. But yeah. are they? Because if you look at today's prices across the MLS, and I don't care where you are, Kitchener, Waterloo, Hamilton, Toronto. Uh, the prices are not that far off. Yeah. No, I agree. What they were at the peak of 2017. Yeah. So 24 months later, and you have recouped what you quote unquote oh, lost, sure, yeah. right? So maybe. I mean, if you depends on what you did with it. If you bought it as an investment property and it was a second property that you wanted to rent out or something, mm-hmm. uh, and now you've been stuck with it for two years, or maybe you wanted to flip it and it yeah. was a bad flip, obviously. Yeah. But uh, generally speaking, the nice thing with real estate and with stocks in general is if it drops, you just yeah. hold on to just it. Just wait, yeah. Just, you know, don't yeah, cash you in. You only lose when you sell, right? At yeah, the bottom, so exactly. just wait if you can. <laughs> yeah, makes complete sense. Let's answer this other question. I want to buy multiple properties. How does one leverage mortgages to do mm-hmm. that? And this is from Lakshman PR. <laughs> I want to buy multiple properties. How does one leverage mortgages to do that? I think the first answer is... Well, start bank or broker maybe. Yeah. I mean, you need Mm -hmm. to have a good mortgage broker for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's the epitome of any kind of real estate investing, I think. But back to Matt's point, I think you've got to start by having that foundation of one, two, three properties that are your buy and hold properties that maybe you've put that 20% into it and you can leverage the equity uh, on yeah. those for multiple properties in, in a few years' time. Yeah. 
Would you agree? Yeah. So the foundation is super important. And then to buy multiple properties, I guess he's asking, how do you buy four or five, 10, 20, mm. et cetera. So a lot of people get stuck in Canada, about three to five properties. That's kind of where the max yeah, amount of mortgages you can get. Lenders will say, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which makes no sense because you've proven yourself as a savvy investor. They're making money. You've shown you can do it over and over again, but now you're seen as a risk. So if you own five properties, you're actually, it's negative, you know, rather than owning zero. Mm-hmm. The person who owns zero is going to look better to the banks, which makes no sense. So if you want to own more than five, seven, 10 properties, what you're going to have to do most likely is joint venture with other people who don't have any properties who can get the mortgage in their names. And that's kind of exactly what I do. So my partners have to put up all the money to buy the property. So to buy it, down payment, renovations, all the money and get the mortgage in their name. I then run the deals. So I can literally buy unlimited amount of properties because I'm not on title. I'm not on the mortgage. We just have a joint venture agreement off title. Nobody knows about it. And that's how you can buy multiple, multiple, well over the three to five. Yeah, that's a good idea. And then they're they're like a silent partner. Yep, silent partner, yeah. Yeah, that's nice. That works well. As long as the bank's not watching right now, now they know your strategy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't, don't tag them in this. Yeah, one. yeah, 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 yeah. So cool. The uh, I've always had a... I've always had um, a draw to uh, multi-residential. I don't know why mm-hmm. it's always appealed to me. I think part of it is I've always watched Grant Cardone. Yes, Grant Cardone. I assume yeah. you're sure, yeah. yeah, familiar with him. Um, so maybe it's just him like mm-hmm. hitting my head all the time. Yeah. It's like, this is the way to go. Yeah. So that's always appealed to me. I know it's probably higher maintenance, but something like that's probably, yeah. I, I see that in my I'd, future. I'd be up for buying an apartment building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We just need a few million well, dollars. Maybe we'll find one in Kitchener-Waterloo. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I saw one. There's a the joint day. venture right there. <laughs> All right. If you were, um, for for those listening that uh, know Kitchener-Waterloo area, um, and we won't talk about Guelph, Cambridge, yeah. uh, those areas too, because I think they're booming as well mm-hmm. for, for investors. But uh, any specific areas that um, you think people might want to focus on without giving up your secret sauce? <laughs> like other than Kitchener-Waterloo, Cambridge? Or no, no, or? within, within Kitchener-Waterloo. Yeah, so what I tell my clients is, number one, Waterloo is out of the question because of the rental license. So in order to be a landlord in the city of Waterloo, you have to have a license. It costs, on average, about 1000 bucks a year for the average single-family home. So it makes no sense to invest there unless you're doing student properties. Then it makes total sense. Keep doing that. That's cool. But let's just go over to Kitchener-Cambridge, which is right next door. Uh, no rental license. Great areas. So Kitchener itself, there are very little bad areas, almost none. You can almost buy anywhere in Kitchener and you'll win. Uh, Cambridge is a little more spotty. There's a certain areas you want to avoid and then a bunch of areas that are great as well. So you need an expert kind of plugging myself here, but you need that an expert. A, you, you worded everything <laughs> yeah. perfectly. Yeah. It's like I've said it a thousand great times. areas, but there's <laughs> some yeah. terrible yeah. areas. Yeah. So Not going to tell me. you which yeah. ones. <laughs> Feel free to click exactly, the link yeah. below. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like that in you know so many places. Like yeah. even in Milton, there's little pockets of areas where there's more opportunity than others. For so sure. it's, We've been doing a fair amount of business in Cambridge and, and mm. Kitchener. Um, I love Kitchener. Yeah. I, I you know, the downtown core yes. and, and anything that's in walking distance to some of the older areas as yeah. well. Um, I think over the next five to 10 years, uh, we're going to see a huge increase in demand. Yeah, for sure. Um, kind of reminds me of, you know, what happened in Halton and Peel region yeah. um, over the last 20 years is yeah. kind of happening over there right for now. Sure. Um, 
Yeah, there's a lot of money going there for the tech industry, but the downtown specifically mm-hmm. in Kitchener was always like a no-go, like don't ever go down there. And then within five years of, about five years, they've been putting a ton of money trying to catch up to Waterloo because Waterloo is kind of like this future city compared to Kitchener yeah. Cambridge yeah. and Kitchener is kind of catching up finally. So they're doing like the light rapid transit, you know, all the new buildings going in downtown to kind of stimulate more growth and more money, better quality tenants. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Kitchener mostly. In Kitchener, yeah. okay. Because when I first saw you, I'm like, you look so familiar. And I've been <laughs> racking my brain trying to figure out. It's probably just because I watched too many of your videos. <laughs> yeah. But You're the first realtor to be on the show. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. Well, aside from... Yeah. <laughs> Third, I, don't, I don't count you as a realtor. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're still just my neighbor. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you know that we're next Your neighbor neighbors. is nice. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Before we had an office and, and staff business meetings were always on one of our porches with yeah. a beer and hand. Cool. Yeah, it was very convenient. Grassroots, oh, the yeah. good old days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I watched some of your clips on Instagram, uh, some of your posts. You got a great page, by the way. Nice oh, following. Um, you actually purchased some properties seems like for a buy and hold situation that you were getting tenants in mm-hmm. to those properties, but you did a rental before bringing the tenants in. Yeah. Um, I didn't see what the before was, so I'm assuming you bought some piece of crap house. Always. Made it, <laughs> made it, made it pretty nice. Yeah. And then just got a tenant based on the fact that you marketed it well, it looked well, yeah. it looked nice. And um, sure. and and now the strategy is to hold on to it. Hold on to it, yeah. So that's yeah. what I do on every single deal I've ever done has been a piece of crap house, fully renovated, get a nice quality tenant in there and just wait it out. Do you have a a price bracket that you try and stay in or Mm -hmm. is the budget open just depending on the property? How do you look at that? For the rental budget specifically or the buying budget? No, for the buying budget. Yeah. So the sweet spot in Kitchener, I'm gonna give a lot of secrets here. (laughs) For single family is between 330 and 370. That's a semi-detached property. That's like 80% of my portfolio are semi-detached. There's a lot of them in Kitchener. So that's the sweet spot that my clients and I stay in. And then when it comes to like duplex conversions, which we're doing a lot of right now, that sweet spot is somewhere between 390 and 450 for a detached house that we can convert into a duplex. That's going to cost about 80 to 90,000 to renovate and it'll be worth 550, 600 when we're done. So that's where we renovate it, refinance, pull some money back out, get it filled with tenants and then wait another five years and make more money down the line, right? So on those semis at 300 and let's call it 350 grand. Yeah. Uh, you would put another 60 into it? Another 30 or 35. That's kind of the 30, budget 35. for those, yeah. So right away, a $385,000 home yeah. at cost is turned into a $430,000 home. Probably. Pretty much probably around there, yeah. 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 Um, and that's what a lot of people think is, okay, now at four thirty, if I can sell it for four thirty, I'm making a profit. Yeah. But what they're not yes. taking into consideration are the carrying costs, exactly. are the... Um, Compensation to the brokerages, exactly, yeah. the lawyer fees, the land transfer costs, yeah. um, and all of the other behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, and that's assuming everything goes smoothly. Yeah. Uh, so, no, no hidden expenses. Yeah. So for flipping again, going back to that, it's all about buying correctly. So I'll give another quick little tip here. The way I buy flips when I meet a private seller is a very simple equation. Uh, I take the price, the after repair value that it will be. So let's say the property is going to be worth 500 and I know that I have comps for that. So I take 500,000 and I times it by 80%. So that's the max I can pay and then minus the renovations. So if the renovations are gonna be, let's say 50,000, 
might subtract 50,000, uh, 350. So that's the most I can offer. And that's exactly how it works. It's a very simple equation. So after repair value times 80% minus renovations, that's the max period. He's been watching a lot of HGTV too. So. <laughs> Um, so you mentioned you're throwing out flyers and maybe going door knocking yeah. to source these properties. Um, what's your success rate with that? Like if we mm-hmm. tried to do that in Milton, people yeah. would literally tell us to fuck off and get off yeah. their property, slam the door in the face. Like, cause it happens nobody, all the time. Nobody, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nobody really does that. Maybe we should. Uh, well, if nobody does it. You should do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just basic flyers. My flyers are shitty. They look like that on purpose. So the shittier, the better, because I want to stand out from the realtor flyers that, you know, we all kind of send out. So they're all colorful. They're all nice. Um, so I want to stand out. So it's a basic p- uh, piece of white paper and it just says, dear homeowner, I want to buy your house uh, cash. I buy three to four homes a month in this area, which I do. Uh, call me basically. It's very simple. Then they call me and I go there and meet them. And then I just kind of give them the price, just how I did that calculation. Very, very simple. And I'll, most of the time, yeah, I do get told to get out, get out of here. Cause my price is way too low, Yeah. but that's, that's just how it has to be. I'm not paying market value, you know, cause everybody expects, you know, this crazy price, right? They, everybody's not dumb. They know the market's doing really well in Kitchener. So when I go in there and I offer them 350 and the house next door sold for 470, you know, they're like, get the fuck out of here. But I'm looking for somebody who's motivated, who's got some issues. Uh, you know, they're going bankrupt soon or they just want to get out. Is there a certain demographic that you find typically works? Uh, yeah. So kind of like the uh, first time I'm home buyer area. So I'm not really flyering like nice areas because those people are probably a little more savvy. You know, they have money most likely. That's why they're living there. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking for that kind of first buyer area in, in Kitchener, Waterloo prices, you know, 400 and under. Um, that's kind of what I'm looking for. So I, I flyer those areas. It makes a lot of sense because there are a lot of people, not only that might be in distress, yeah. um, have financial issues, maybe they're separating, um, life changes, For sure. um, medical issues, whatever. There's also a lot of people that just don't want to deal with going through the process. Yeah, that's the number one client I get. So I haven't had people yet who like are bankrupt or you know have motivations like that. Every single, almost every single one I've bought off market has been just that. They just hate realtors. They don't want to do that whole process. That's I, when you don't tell them you're a realtor. Yeah. And it's funny because I have to, by law, I have to, yes, and I, yeah. I do tell them and they don't care. So that's kind of funny how that works out, but they just don't want to go through the open houses. They don't want strangers walking through their home. They don't want their neighbors peeking in and they just want a quick private deal no sign on the line. So that's kind of, I guess I should focus on those people more. That's kind of been my target market. So for those listening, if anybody in Milton wants to uh, sell a home off market, uh, we we will cut a check today. Yeah. <laughs> and if anybody wants to uh, sell in the uh, Kitchener exactly. area, um, we're buying. Uh, DM uh, Matt right away. <laughs> the fruit is it at fruit the fruitful investor on Instagram? Just at Matt Pichet. At Matt Pichet. Yeah. P-I-C-H-E. Yeah. YouTube. M A T P I C H E. Yeah. We will tag him in uh, perfect in every, all the posts. Um, what else did we want to talk about today? Any questions come in on the live? No. Oh my goodness. It's a, f- it's a beautiful Friday. Yeah, I know. That's during true. lunch hour. You think people <laughs> everyone's still hung over from the game last night? Yeah. Did you watch it? No. I don't, no. You know, I don't pay attention to sports. Yeah. <laughs> Every half hour I would just say, hey, Siri, what's the score of the yeah. Raptors game? When did you get back from your trip? You're still a little tan. <laughs> on Monday. So four days ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Who takes care of things when uh, you and your wife are away? For business-wise, so I have an assistant kind of takes care of uh, things, but I'm on email all the time. I'm always working, dealing with stuff, always. That's <laughs> the nice thing with it is you have the it, flexibility yeah. of doing things wherever yeah. you want, wherever you are. You have to enjoy this business. You have to yeah. be willing to work 24-7, 365. You guys know yeah. you have to be a certain kind of person. Yeah, I'm terrible with taking vacations. Even now that we have 
this team. And yeah. if one of us leaves, things are still running smoothly. So yeah. I need to bite the Chill bullet out. and <laughs> take my wife on a vacation yeah. before she leaves me. Well, you're, you're going to get some cottage time in. That's a nice... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't really count that. I mean, go away. I'm gonna say, I haven't touched a beach since February of 2013. Wow. Long time. That is a long time. If you like to touch the beach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. Some people don't like to fly or go yeah, away. True. Yeah, that's true. To each their own. To me, going up to the cottage is a lot more relaxing yeah. than than going south now because, well, you're there in three hours and you yeah. just un- throw your bag inside and away you go. Yeah. Going south, I can disconnect. Going north, I cannot. <laughs> you're not in Canada, yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least have the option of it. For sure. So we'll see. Um, well, we really appreciate you coming to Milton to, to be on the uh, show today. Um, I think the next time we get together, we're going to have to come out to, to Kitchener yeah, and maybe, for sure. uh, take a closer look at... Uh, some of my properties, some of my projects, yeah. What you guys are doing. How many properties are you at now for yourself? Uh, 24 now. And uh, out of the 24, how many are you on title? Uh, six or seven. Yep. Somewhere around there, yeah. Mm-hmm. And those are getting to the point where you can probably leverage those. For sure, good, yeah. Right? Oh, definitely, yeah. Which we haven't yet, but they're there. Yeah. Have you considered uh, any other areas other than Kitchener to invest in? Uh, for me, not really. I've looked around. I already live kind of in one of the best areas to invest in, so let's just focus there. If I didn't live there, I would have to look you know, outside my area, but it's, it's a great area, so why... Go outside of it. Yeah. As long as there's still opportunities. Yeah. Tons, tons of opportunities, finding deals every week, literally. What's the population in Kitchener right now? So between Kitchener, Waterloo, and Cambridge, which is pretty much just one city, it's about 550,000. So more than enough. It's a big enough population to have a business. Yeah. And there's still a lot of construction. For sure. uh, Yeah. A lot of land. It's growing up insanely. I can't believe the amount of new construction going on. It's crazy. There are some good opportunities, I think, with that yeah. too. Do you? Yeah, that's something again. I don't get involved with, like pre-construction. Uh, don't really get involved with it too much, but there are is a ton of opportunity for that. I just like the buy and hold physical asset today. I can see it. <laughs> yeah, there's a risk of who knows where the market will be when exactly, you close yeah, and, and kind of where we're going. You know, I think we're kind of headed into a recession in the next couple near future. So I like to buy something today that I can hold on to and yeah. Yeah, you just opened up. A yes, big I did. Can of whoop I ass did. Right <laughs> yeah. Why? Why do you think that? We have to. It's way overdue. Way overdue. It's been the longest uh, bull market ever in history. So party has to end, and I'm hoping for it. Honestly, so I'll say that. I can't wait because you're hoping to buy more can't properties. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. Um, well, that's interesting. You say that because my next question was going to be: um, You're tied into 24 properties, 600 title yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, market crashes, there's a recession, mm-hmm. uh, prices pull back. Yeah. Maybe you're in the negative now with some. Doesn't scare you at all? Doesn't scare me because, again, you only lose when you sell in the shitty time. So if you can hold it. But for Kitchen Waterloo, you know, Milton, GTA specifically, I don't really think we're going to get like a crash like maybe other areas in Canada. I think it's just going to slow down and relax, which is what we want. The bidding wars, I'm getting sick of it. Like it's just fucking insane i just want that to stop right so that's what i think is going to happen when the recession if the recession finally does come. we're getting somebody swearing on this podcast <laughs> other than me do you get a lot of bidding wars now oh it's insane every house every house yeah every single family house it's a bidding war it's just like stupid people honestly i yeah. can't wait for it to just end and here it was unheard of for almost all of last year and then yeah. this year it started up again not consistently but 
actually yeah. pretty frequently now. We got to slow down too. We're kind of slow down a little bit and then right back up again. So it's yeah. like, please. That's but the crazy. average price in Kitchener Waterloo area. Yeah, much lower. Is oh, half, sure. yeah. less than half for sure, yeah. than what it is here. Well, the the nice thing now with the when we're in multiple offers is it's not ridiculous. Like people are yeah, not, true. you're still getting, you know, you might get four or five offers yeah. and four of them are under asking. Still. For sure. It's yeah. not, uh, you know, insane. Yeah. We're not seeing that. Still, no. But so you could still buy, you know, yeah. with, uh, within reason. So. I just miss negotiating as a realtor, as a buyer. Like now yeah. it's just all in firm. Yeah. There's no negotiating anymore. It's yeah. just like the point of being a realtor. Like I missed the negotiation, right? Yeah. So, well, we both come from the automotive industry, so we yeah. were selling cars for years. So that's, yeah. you know, in our blood and we enjoy that too, for yeah. sure. That's a, a fun part of the business. Depends what side you're on. <laughs> yeah, True. The sellers love it. If yeah. you're on the yeah. selling yeah. side and you're just getting, you know, four or five offers come in and they're yeah. firm and above asking and whatever. For sure. Yeah. I mean, you can squeeze that lemon and get a few extra grand for your clients, which we do all yeah, the time. Definitely, but yeah. It's not like it was five yeah. whatever years ago where you're really sitting in front of the buyer, the seller, and, exactly, and yeah. going back and forth, back and forth. There's nobody on your ass going to scoop up the deal and steal it from you at the last second yeah. and like shit like yeah. that, right? Yeah. 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 I hated that. Wow. Cool. Thanks for coming, man. Any Is there anything you wanted to talk about before we wrap up? No, that's good. No? Yeah. All right. Talked about a lot. Yeah. That's there it. we go. That's episode 30. <laughs> thanks, thanks for having me yeah thanks for coming that's nice uh, like I said uh, 